0: Hello and
1: welcome to this episode of the EP Method.
0: Chloe, how are you? Um, I was just saying to Emma, I think, is a delayed hangover a thing? Because I feel very sick today, and I, but I, I don't understand why. Maybe it is. I mean, how many days ago was that? Friday night went out.
1: That's actually quite delayed, isn't it? <laughs>
0: Yeah, got got pretty boozy, felt absolutely fine. Then today it's like, I feel hungover. I just don't understand. Emma, I've sent, just sent you an email. Guys, we're choosing our venue for the... It, it looks like we're just having our own conversation right now, but we're choosing our
1: venue. Yeah, the reason we're late is because we got distracted choosing venues.
0: I can't find you now. <laughs> Where yeah. have you gone?
1: What do you mean, the Zoom?
0: Yeah. Oh, there you are. I found <laughs> you. Hey. Um, yeah, sorry, I got distracted because we we are planning our event um guys we are gonna we will confirm everything properly but it is going to be the 26th of November because that is when the majority of you guys can make it um I thought it was 24th no 26th classic
1: you classic it's the 24th today yeah it is the 26th okay guys never Um, about dates
0: Yeah, and we um, will give you everything else at LA State. But if if any of you are interested in coming, which hopefully you are because (laughs) we've chosen the state based on you guys and the numbers, um, put Mark that into your diary and it will likely be a day thing. A lot of people um, have reached out to us and said that they can't do an evening thing, but they can do a day thing. So we're going to do a day thing. Ken Chan, you'll be happy. Um, And yeah, mark it in.
1: Yes, and it'll be in London, venue to be confirmed. Yes. <laughs> oh, I'm going to have one of those days. Right. right. Can you start on the thread? Because it's nothing on the live yet. Rude. <laughs> <laughs> or it's one of those days where it's not loading. Who knows? Do you remember that day? I was like, oh, no, wait. I can't chance here. Bye.
0: Bye, love. Bye. Okay, let's go. If I run away... It's nice. just going to be a
1: second. It's fine. Yeah. Okay, here we go.
0: Okay. Joanne Rouse. Oh, Emma, I just wanted to say, I was going through all the tags this weekend and I was on, oh, I think it was Saturday evening as well. You are a machine, woman. It's just like, you have literally just nailing it.
1: I know. Babe, I got very efficient when you were gone.
0: So efficient. Um, okay. Joanne Rouse. Hello, Emma and Chloe. I feel a bit silly writing this, but I am making very good progress so far. I'm enjoying it. I'm being very adherent to my non-negotiables of steps, diet and workouts. But ridiculously, I'm already sort of dreading Christmas. From the perspective of not wanting to do eight weeks of hard work, I live abroad and I only see my family once or twice a year. So we're renting a big holiday cottage for 10 nights. Ah... I envisage lots of eating and lots of drinking, which will only increase when I am reminded why I only see my family, when I'm reminded, I only see my family once a year. Any words of wisdom on getting this sorted in my head? Thank you. So, Emma, do you want to start with this?
1: Yeah, sure. So 10 days is, you know, if this was like a two day thing, I'd probably be like, be relatively sensible and don't worry about it. 10 days is quite a long time. So you probably do want to get into some kind of routine, even if that is having like a short morning routine that you get up and you go for a little walk and maybe you do a couple of push-ups or something and you focus on having a nice, healthy breakfast. I've been in very similar positions and it's amazing. And it's actually some of the best like memories that I have, but whenever like big families get together or in my experience, it's always about food because the whole day is basically geared around making massive meals for everyone and as soon as you clean up one meal it's like oh who's starting on lunch and there's like always food there so I would go in with a plan to have certain meals where you indulge a bit more and certain meals where you make better choices and you can make better choices without making it really obvious like one portion size underrated just make sure that you're not eating huge portions two you can make swaps like oh do you know what I'm just gonna have two roast potatoes and, and I'm going to have some extra of the veg instead of the normal five roast potatoes or whatever. And then I would also bring calories up to maintenance because realistically it's going to be hard to stick to a deficit. It's 10 days. It's not the end of the world. And it's probably just not a time that I would prioritize losing body fat. You might still lose some fat over the month, but I would say for those 10 days, bring calories up to maintenance realistically, you probably won't be able to track anyway. So when I say bring calories up to maintenance, that'd be like estimated maintenance. Mm. And I think zooming out and kind of remembering the context of it as well, like I've just been in Austin for ten days. I was certainly in a surplus for every single one of those ten days. but that's kind of what now I'm not in a fat loss phase, but that's kind of what maintenance looks like. It's like, yeah, I put on a few pounds and then when I get back and I get into routine, I'll lose a few pounds as well. I didn't go crazy, but I did try all the things that I wanted to try. And during the day I was able to be quite sensible with food choices. And then at night I would have like a bigger meal It tended to be more sociable, had more time. Generally, that's usually what it's like with family as well. Like the big meal would usually be in the evening. And then during the day, maybe you have, I mean, if there's 10 of you, I don't know, not, yeah. Normally you would be able to have a little bit more control over the the meals in the day or maybe focus on that a little bit more of can I make sure that I'm getting a healthy breakfast in and then not overeating at lunchtime and then that gives me a bit more flexibility for dinner but what we really don't want is you going into this like if you're already anxious about it now you're kind of like ruining the enjoyment of it already like we want you to go and like enjoy yourself and enjoy it with family And fat loss probably isn't the aim, but that doesn't mean go wildly off track. And I think you'll be surprised at the progress you can make simply by being sensible, Mm. not thinking, well, I can't do it perfectly, so I'm not going to do it at all, which tends to be where a lot of people's heads go. That's the problem. Actually, if you're just relatively sensible for 10 days, you might not be in a deficit or you might not be in a big deficit, but you certainly won't like quickly undo all of your hard work.
0: Mm. Yeah i i the reason that that you guys are here well maybe unknowingly um what emma and i really set out to do with you all is to give you a perspective and behaviors that will last you the rest of your life that's why we say this is the last time you'll ever do it's not just the marketing gimmick although it is also a marketing gimmick it's also very accurate in terms of we want to completely shift your mindset and your behavior so that you never, ever have to go back on yourself and diet, like diet again. Um, so I really want you to go into this, all of you to go into the kind of the festive period, the Christmas period with a, a completely different mindset to any you've ever had before. And not an all or nothing thing of I'm going to diet through this Christmas period or fuck it, it's Christmas. We don't want you to do either of these things. What is a really kind of really good hacks of kind of sticking to really healthy um, expenditure and food intake during a really kind of uh, indulgent time period is, as Emma said, making sure that you stick to your morning routine. Obviously, not on Christmas morning, but generally speaking, over the period of getting up and going for a walk or getting up and doing a workout. Obviously, the gyms are going to be closed for a period. So doing a 20 minute workout at home. That's all you need to do. Um, And what that's going to do is, A, it's going to ensure that you uh, have a nice, healthy expenditure. B, it's a really nice way to kickstart your day mentally in terms of starting your day, making good decisions, means you're more likely to carry on the day, making good decisions. Um, And either going into it, as Emma said, with the knowledge that you're going to increase your calories up to maintenance and loosely tracking things if you want absolutely fine but absolutely increase your calories as Emma said it is not an appropriate time to to quote unquote diet and you are just going to find that you get really down on yourself really demoralized really frustrated and you do fall in the fuck it bucket inevitably um, so definitely don't do that or if you don't want to track because as Emma said it's a really difficult time to track and you're worried that it might kind of really ruin your enjoyment of the festive period as emma said make smart decisions so for example you know if you're going to have champagne with breakfast have a really healthy breakfast you know if you're going to have a a kind of a big christmas lunch um try not to fall into the quality street tin till two o'clock in the morning do you know what i mean and and really try and find that that nice mental balance that like i said whether or not you guys realize it you are all here with our intention to get you to that place um but it's, it's not a premature question. It doesn't make you sound crazy. And actually, I think it's really good to, to pick this up and talk about it sooner rather than later, before the fact rather than after.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and actually one final just little tip is that I find in these situations, it's the picking at things more yeah. than actually the meal. And usually, definitely with my family, there's always people cooking and like, try this, or there's like nibbles out or something. Like, I would just be like, I'm having a real wet, I eat the meal and I enjoy the meal, but I don't eat around it. Same with like quality street, like you don't really remember how many chocolates you've had. Actually, just sit, enjoy the meal, be present. And then between that, try not to snack because that tends to be where things add up a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Claire. Hello. Little question. The scales say I've lost two pounds, but the measuring tape says I've lost nine centimeters off my waist. I have lots of fat to lose. So I'm surprised the scales haven't moved. Are you? They have moved. You've lost two pounds yeah um no i'm not surprised by that at all like two pounds of fat loss if that was all fat is like actually pretty standard for two to three weeks of dieting that's pretty textbook so yeah i'm not surprised at all
0: yeah and and everybody's body will react differently depending on what they're eating day to day depending on how much muscle mass they have, how much body fat they have, all of you will lose at different rates across different metrics. Um, So yeah, it's not remotely surprising. And as we always say, the scales are the least reliable of all of the the methods. Um, Short term, long term, they're they're pretty reliable. Um, So no, not at all. And and read the uh, the featured posts they've pinned to the top um, on the weighing scales and why they're not reliable. and And a lot of two pounds of of fat loss in two weeks is incredible so
1: yeah yeah. and a lot of the time the scales are masking fat loss so you might have lost more fat than that but also you're retaining a bit of water because it's the week before your menstrual cycle or you're midway through your menstrual cycle which also peaks a little bit so there's so many reasons like there's not even any point looking into it if you're ticking the boxes and you're doing the right thing and the scales are generally moving in the right direction I wouldn't worry about anything else yeah Okay, Katie. Morning, Chloe and Emma. I hope you're both well. Second week was a disaster for me. Completely was off with nutrition. Hit gym and steps. I've journaled about it, and I think it was down to pure exhaustion. For so many recent comps, any tips on how to reset this week? Today's been good so far, but the gym, but the gym and planned meals... I think, I don't know why that says, but a bit afraid of weighing in. Will this be a problem if I hold off for a few days? I would recommend just getting back into routine first before you weigh yourself.
0: Yeah, no, completely agree. Get back into a routine before weighing yourself. Let's focus on getting some good sleep. If you feel like you're really exhausted and it was very difficult for you to take care of yourself, which we can all relate to 100%. um, Focus on getting some good sleep. Like I say about the Christmas period, getting up in the morning and getting a nice morning routine in place, which is going to allow you to um, continue good habits and kind of nail your non-negotiables throughout the course of the day and then week. Um, and yeah, I would say, get a good few days under your belt before start you start to weigh indefinitely.
1: Yeah, this goes for anyone who's looking to get back on track as well. That, that we get this question all the time of like, what what should I do to get myself back on track? The best advice I have that seems to work the best for almost everyone, I think, is just focus on today. Like, yeah. can I tick these boxes today? Don't worry about anything else. That is literally you back on track, but it's very it can be very overwhelming of like, Either you're catastrophizing how much hard work you've undone, or or you're like, I've got so far to go, or how will I possibly do this? Or like there's this big mountain to get back on track. There isn't. You just focus on today. What do I need to do today? And I think more broadly, like, especially when you've got big goals, and this goes for anything in life, like th- like with uh, us with business, like there is always so much to do. And sometimes when we talk about the plans we have, I'm like, wow, that's massively overwhelming. How will we do that? But then when you break it down into what do we need to do today yeah. okay book a venue like that's all we need to do today and then tomorrow we can worry about what we need to do tomorrow what? and that makes it much more actionable and means that you're not a overwhelmed and then b often overwhelmed can just stop you taking any action so it's just just focus on what's the next step i need to take worry about the step after that the next time or the next day
0: Mm-hmm. yeah
1: Okay, Ellie, quick question. Do you use lifting belts? If so, at what point would you introduce it weight-wise?
0: No. Unless you are lifting incredibly heavy um, andor you're, you know, you consider yourself a power lifter. Um, I wouldn't, I don't think anyone needs a weight belt. Um, Does James use one? No. But James doesn't, because of his back, he doesn't do that kind of lifting anymore anyway. Oh, okay. Um but no, I mean, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, I, in that like, yeah, if you're powerlifting, then yeah. If you're not, and you just wanna go to the gym and get in shape, no, I've never used one. And I, think- I think I did once when I was trying to like deadlift heavy. But I didn't know if, if I was using it right or it made any difference whatsoever, to be honest.
0: If the goal isn't to be like a real strength athlete, uh, powerlifter, there is a very convincing argument that you shouldn't be lifting so heavy that you need a weight belt anyway, because your body should be able to take the load that you're lifting. Otherwise you're just putting it in a really um, high risk of injury situation, which again, if you're a powerlifter, that's part of the sport. I mean, let's be honest, there's there's no professional athlete out there that has a healthy relationship with their body and their sport. It just doesn't work like that. Um, but if you're not a professional powerlifter or or strength athlete and you're not trying to get there I would definitely kind of fall on the side of the argument of you shouldn't be lifting that heavy that you need a belt anyway personally
1: and that yeah, comes- I agree like comes- even even things like one rep maxes if your goal if you're coming and your goal is I want to look good feel good lose a bit of body fat build a bit of muscle why would what the cost benefit to doing something like a one rep max doesn't make any sense like You've got a really high risk of injury by definition. If you're pushing your body that hard, your form is either gone or on the edge of going. Yeah. Like, why? What's the benefit of doing it aside from kind of like ego lifting?
0: And then this is the thing. Like, I do get and people are like, "Oh, yeah. I can imagine that some people might have heard me say that and be like, 'Oh, I'm quite surprised by someone who loves li- weightlifting is saying that.'" But you know, there's a lot more to it as a sport uh, or a hobby than just you know how much can you bench and
1: um, yeah yeah okay Helen in fat loss how much weight would you expect someone to lose each week
0: well it totally depends on how much body fat you have to lose and how much muscle mass you already have and how much muscle mass you're aiming to gain and it's just a completely unanswerable question <laughs> sorry
1: yeah although I think it's a good one like to go it's yeah. a good question but yeah you, you can't answer it like if you're someone who's coming and you're like, I'm pretty lean, I've got five pounds to lose, you might lose such a small amount each week that it wouldn't even be noticeable on the scales. Mm-hmm. If you're like, I've got 100 pounds of excess fat to lose, you might lose two pounds a week, three pounds a week, like, or at the start, maybe even more than that because of some water weight as well. And I guess the point here that's important to make is fat loss is not weight loss. So let's say, you know, we were robots and you were creating exactly a 500 calorie deficit every single day and you, you okay? Yeah, I just
0: got a really big shiver.
1: <laughs> or, and you then created 3,500 calorie deficit over the week, which equals to about a pound of fat. Then you could say, I'll probably lose a pound of fat every week. Would that show on the scales as a pound of fat, as, as a pound of weight? No, absolutely not. You would still have weight fluctuations, which is the point we often try to make that even if you're consistently losing the same amount of fat every single week the scales will not show the same amount of weight loss every single week and that's where people that's where this becomes a bit of a mind game and like we do a lot of reassurance of keep going because you're ticking the boxes if you stuck to those calories you've done those steps and you've done your workouts there's no way you're not in a deficit and you're not losing body fat but the scales might not show that because you could be retaining water for literally a million reasons so i wouldn't i wouldn't think of it like that some people go off i mean to make it slightly more accurate you could go off percentage of total body weight per week mm. so some people say like 1% of total body weight per week but then even that depends how much of that body weight is lean tissue on how much of that is fat um but yeah if you're a if you're a 50 Kilogram, very small woman, and you're looking to lose the last sort of two pounds of fat, that's going to take you way longer. Like, you're not going to lose that in a week. But if you're, I don't know, a 200 pound woman and you want to lose the first couple of pounds of body fat for you, you might lose that in a week.
0: Exactly. Exactly.
1: Okay. Katie, sorry, second question. Intermittent fasting, what's the benefits in your experience? I've heard it's good for your digestive system. Would be interested in hearing your thoughts just in relation to your last question about being fatigued i'm going to say this is definitely a bad idea for you we will discuss it but don't implement this definitely don't implement it now and because you're someone who competes definitely don't implement it however intermittent fasting chloe um
0: okay well first of all i just w- want to just be clear that there's different terminology around fasting so i'm going to go through it really really quickly so if you talk about time-restricted feeding, which is you know typically like your 16-8 or your 12-12 or whatever, um, there are some really nice benefits to that um, that kind of fall into A, calorie control um, and B, kind of behaviors throughout the, your 24-hour period. So for example, if you are someone who finds that you overeat in the evenings, then implementing like a seven to seven fast, for example, and making sure that the kitchen is closed at seven and you don't eat, that's a really nice way to control your kind of eating habits and keep a hold of your calories um there's you know also a really nice argument about circadian rhythm about you know your kind of your awake, <laughs> okay fine so so you're you will find that as so, okay <laughs> as it gets darker in the uh, in the day period 24 hour period sorry guys i'm really trying my best with my <laughs> pretty sure two day delayed hangover <laughs> Uh, your body will start producing uh, melatonin, which basically means it's starting to get ready to power down, to go to sleep at night.
1: Side note, I've been taking that for jet lag and I think it's really helped.
0: It's, yeah, it's it's amazing. Um, it's a supplement in America. They they sell it kind of over the counter. They don't sell it here, but it's, uh, it's really helpful. Anyway, and you're powering down at night. So it doesn't make sense that this is when you would be eating the most amount of food. And there is an argument to say that it's not going to digest as optimally as it will if you wake up and uh your body is flooded with cortisol and one of the things that is going to kickstart your weight cycle is light and another thing is food um so it makes a lot more sense to do kind of an evening fast picking up in the morning for behavioral reasons for uh calorie reasons off the back of behavior for circadian rhythm reasons and yeah for digestion it is a fair argument um Then we talk about intermittent fasting, which is typically going kind of up to 24 hours at a time throughout different periods of the week without eating. Um, Do I think there are any benefits to doing that? No, I I don't. Unless you are someone who, for example, if you work shifts and you do night shifts, so you're a nurse and whatever, and you have like one night shift a week and you would rather have a 24 hour period around that, that shift where you decide not to eat. And then you divvy up your calories other days of the week. Um, to get you to hit your weekly total. That I can kind of understand, but for your average Joe, is there any real reason why somebody should be not eating for 24 hours at a time? No, I don't. And especially if you're training, I don't think it's particularly helpful. And then you've got prolonged fasting, which is anything more than 24 hours, which again, I don't recommend that anybody does. Um, This advice might change if you're in a disease state of any kind, but for your average Joe, no. And that was me trying my hardest to articulate (laughs) fasting.
1: I thought that was great
0: thanks babe you go now (laughs)
1: um there is I will say there is some very interesting research around like health and longevity but it's not that convincing yet in my opinion and there's arguments kind of for and against it um I do think I do agree that for some people especially the more moderate forms of fasting like an eating window between 11 and 7 or you know whatever suits you better is an easier way to stick to a deficit or an easier way to manage your food intake for some people. But it's important to understand why that's working. It's working because it's allowing you to more easily stick to a calorie deficit, not because eating after 7 p.m. makes food inherently fattening or eating before 10 a.m. So I would want people to have the flexibility to be like, oh, today I need to have my breakfast earlier and not freak out about it so in terms of relationship with food it can be a bit of a problem but as long as you approach it with the right mindset sure why not if that works for you that's great um the other kind of red flag is if anyone's like yeah i've kind of struggled with like binge restrict cycles before this is probably the worst thing that you could possibly do and will definitely exacerbate that problem so again i wouldn't do that um, but a lot of people do really well with things like 5-2 so having two days a week where they eat 500 calories a day and then eat like quote unquote normally for the rest of the week um, I, I
0: do have- think 5-2 uh-huh. diet is you're right people do have really good success with it but I do think it's very much like a diet like as in if somebody's like trying to train and get great results
1: in the gym and all that, I really wouldn't recommend that. It Oh if- yeah. I completely agree. So the people I know who have used it and like to like live in that way, aren't very interested in exercise. Yeah. And so I had a discussion with one of my mum's colleagues, cause we were all out for dinner the other night and he was like, I do five two, but like, he doesn't exercise. He's still like pretty overweight, but it's probably quite beneficial for him. And it will probably, this is the other point I think, when you are constantly eating and some people like kind of are like whether they're eating or in like a post digestive state they're never truly fasted like to be fasted i can't remember the exact definition but let's say it's even like 2 hours without eating yeah it would be a pretty short fast but by that i mean from like a physiological state of fasting where your body's not still kind of digesting stuff some people are never in that state cuz they're constantly snacking on things or constantly eating And I think from a metabolic perspective, it's probably a good place to be for at least some periods of time. So you're not always either eating or digesting, even from like a glucose control perspective. Yeah. Um, So that would be something to think about. And I do, uh, yeah, I agree. Like I wouldn't have anyone on the easy method doing 5 2. But for people, it seems to suit some people. I think this is more to do with personality and preference than anything else. Like actually, I don't want to track calories. I don't want to really think about what I'm eating for most of the week, but I'm happy for some reason. Like this guy was like, I just eat bags of spinach on that day. And I was like, that sounds horrendous. But if that works, you know, if that's how someone wants to do it, it's not the first diet he's ever tried. He's fully aware that he doesn't need to do that. He's also an extremely intelligent man, like professor level intelligent. And that's what he's chosen to do. Cause that's how he wants to do it. Fine. Um,
0: I would say though, anecdotally, it is a diet that suits a type of person, and that type of person is the fad dieter. It's and, I'm, and I and I, that's in my experience who it tends to kind of go hand in hand with. And and just to reiterate, which we've already said, and we're just repeating ourselves, but if we are looking to increase your activity, which we are on the EC method, if you are looking to get quote unquote toned, you know, which most women on the EC method are this is not the diet for you and i agree with emma and i and i've always said this i'm sure anyone who's been following me or listening to the podcast for a while will know there are some really interesting um longevity talking points around fasting however as it stands the same benefits are seen with a calorie deficit mm-hmm. that's yes. just yeah, yeah as we stand now that could change and and in terms of like a layman's understanding of of science i could see why actually there would be huge benefits to to prolonged fasting for example but as it stands it's completely unproven when when it goes up against a calorie deficit as being better um yeah it's really interesting i love talking about it but i wouldn't recommend anybody here do it
1: no unless it's just an eating window and even then I, w- I would just be like make sure you understand why that's working and that you're not tied to it and you have flexibility around it same with when we talk about meal plans we're actually big fans of meal plans if you write them yourself and if you have flexibility and if you understand why they're working essentially because it gives you routine mm. um okay Right. It,
0: it, I, I do like a twi- I do like a feeding window, and I do agree that it is important to give your digestive system a fucking break <laughs> throughout the course of the day. So, and and evening, it's specifically evening for all the reasons I've mentioned. Um, so, it is a nice thing to implement in that in that.
1: Agree. Okay. Right. Hold up. Where are we? Oh. Okay. Canton. We have Diwali coming up. Sorry, we have Diwali starting as of today and it's going to be full on the next few days. So I'm trying to plan in easy wins for fruit and protein so it doesn't feel like a disaster week. Yeah. Great. Um, okay, Amanda, hi, Chloe and Emma. Also, what do you say, happy Diwali? I guess so. You can tell us, Kanchan. Okay, Amanda, hi, Chloe and Emma. I hurt my ankle a couple of days ago doing star jumps of all things um it's feeling tender so would like to keep away from star jumps for a while what would you suggest instead Mm. Chloe's like there is no alternative to star jumps
0: no I mean on with a hurt ankle doing like circuit stuff at home there really isn't a cardio thing you could do I mean you could do mountain climbers on sliders or tea towels you know so basically it's no impact but this is where I'd be like, get if you're at a gym, get on a cross trainer, you know, get on a piece of equipment where there's no impacts because you need to let that information die down. And if you don't, it's not going to die down. Um, you you shouldn't be doing any impact. And if it, if it's possible for you to get to a gym, um, that's probably a better thing for you to be doing for the time being.
1: Yeah. Or just like kind of resting lower body i think a lot of the time we're asked for alternatives like i pulled my hamstring i can't do lying hamstring curls what else can i do for hamstrings it's like mm, nothing you have to wait until it's recovered yeah. so yeah like if you're if your ankle's bad i probably wouldn't replace it with another lower body exercise until it has recovered hmm. probably needs rest um sandra hi ladies any advice on trying kettlebell single leg deadlifts without falling over in the gym Yes. And this is so, yeah, exactly as Chloe's demonstrating. Like go next to a wall or hold on to a bench. Like you don't, it's not a balancing exercise. You don't need to, I mean, your balance will improve as you do it more and you get used to the movement pattern. But it was people used to ask us all the time about um split squats. I'm like, do it near a wall so that you get used to the movement pattern and then you've got some stability there as well, especially if you're holding a weight, so you can quite easily topple over and yeah. Oh well uh samantha samantha carmen pb that's a cool name i'm struggling to get stuck into the exercise don't know why trying to up steps but mentally stuck with the routines so we've had this a few times and usually what i've said to them is go and try one and then come back to me if you're struggling and normally they're like i tried it it was actually fine so Mm -hmm. That would be my first thing is before you decide it's too complicated, just just go and try one workout. And then if you're struggling, reach out to us. But until you've done that, yeah, I would do that first, basically.
0: Yeah, I agree. Totally agree. You're all in your own head about it. When you go and you actually try to implement it, it will be absolutely fine.
1: Okay, Christina. Hello, Emma, Chloe. Nice to see you both. Do you have any advice or hot tips to stop us slash me mm-hmm. From hitting the effort bucket before it's too late sadly i only stop myself once i've been in the bucket for too long then as you know the guilt kicks in and snaps me out of it
0: yeah so again this is why you're all here like what, emma and i want to change these behaviors we want to change your future with with food and dieting um, and so the first you know practical piece of advice of, of how we do this is we give you flexible dieting if it fits your macros, tracking, um, which basically means that, yes, well, as you know, we do recommend that you come up with a meal plan of foods and meals that you love, that you can kind of get into a routine with, get into a habit of eating and, stick, and therefore stick to your calories each day. We also want you to leave room for the things that you love, whether it's wine or chocolate, or I don't know, you know, we talked about this, you know, having a, a piece of Victoria sponge cakes while you watch Bake Off. You know, we want you to keep these things in. And by doing that, you're not going to get to a point where you crave foods that you've cut out and you feel like once you're off, you have this really short window in which to shove it all down your mouth as quick as you can, because then you know that you're going to feel really guilty and start your diet all over again. We're trying to keep, we're trying to completely obliterate that uh, pattern of behavior from happening. So make sure that you are leaving uh, days of the week or moments of the day to have the things that you love and start to implement a much more kind of knowledgeable but also accepting um relationship with food and food behaviors
1: could not agree more and I think on that point with the like on off mentality and why we want you to do flexible dieting and why we really want you to focus on averages over time because what gets results is averages over time not what you do today is what you do on average every single day and when you fully embrace that and you embrace like imperfect action and okay it wasn't perfect today but could I still get in a thousand more steps, even though I won't hit my target? Yes, because I know what matters is averages over time. Taking away the ability to give up because you know you're not going to hit a target that day is actually what ends up getting you results. And usually it's an excuse, right? So if you think that, oh, I've gone over my calories by a hundred and you've got this perfectionist mindset it's actually a total cop-out like it's an excuse to then be like may as well eat everything not eat everything like there's no rationale behind that whatsoever but people often hide behind all or nothing mentality or perfectionism as an excuse to then overindulge and once you kind of accept that about yourself then it's much easier to make those changes and like I I absolutely do that like we all do that right but when you call yourself out on that stuff then you have to kind of own it and, and live up to it and one of the ways the best ways to do that is to journal on these things okay so when you do go off track like what were you thinking what happened what was the situation how can you do better next time what's a pep talk that you could write to yourself so you know actually it's averages over time that matter you had one extra biscuit and you let that put you so far off that was your mindset it wasn't the biscuit that was the problem it was how you were thinking about that and then also like yeah exactly as Chloe said that's why you're here like reach out if you because inevitably everyone at some point will go at least a little bit off track yeah. that, that happens to everyone you're not unique in that it will happen to everyone but the difference between people who get results and people who don't is getting back on track sooner yeah. so instead of being like feeling sorry for yourself guilt shame and then a week later you kind of emerge back and you're like oh like I've and eaten for a whole week Can you get back on track on the next meal? Can you do it the next day? Instead of waiting, like the whole saying, I always say the same, I think it's so good, is you don't drown by falling in the river, you drown by staying submerged, right? So we will fall off track at some point, but it's getting back on track that's the important part instead of staying submerged. Okay, right, next question. Ellie. Okay, great. I see some people online using them. I think stop up uh, lifting belts, um, but the weights don't seem that heavy. Well, <laughs> a yeah, well I mean, you sort of dig. It doesn't even seem that heavy. Maybe you should comment that, babe. <laughs> Why are you using the belt? Well, that doesn't look quite heavy.
0: Why are you doing that? There's, there's a lot of posing on Instagram. There's a yeah. lot of, like, here I am at the gym with my weight belt and my hot pink Lycra matching outfit and, like, my, you know, and fair play. Like, you know what, if that's your shtick and that's what you do, go for it. Absolutely fine. We're just but There's a lot of, like, <laughs> just, I basically go to the gym and James clothes. <laughs> I always run into EC method clients at the gym, and I'm like, fuck. I wish I was a cool Instagram chick. I wish I had something to offer you here. I um, don't.
1: But, then I but might- no,
0: there's a lot well. Oh, i mean i'm already like what are we gonna wear for this meetup? like how how impressive do i have to be visually <laughs> anyway sorry ignore me today honestly i'm like what, shaking. what was your
1: point because i just interrupted you
0: oh so i think sometimes when you're kind of quite new to it or whatever you look at these these people on instagram you're like hey i need to get a weight belt and i need to wear gym shark and i need-. you don't you just need to go in the gym and do the fucking workout babe that's all that matters
1: Agree. Okay, Kanchan, quick question, beautiful. This last couple of days, I found myself get down about hearing everyone going into Christmas on a fat loss. Um, I'm happy with my goal to build muscle, I feel stronger, etc. But mess- messaging is everywhere, online and in real life. I'm muting accounts, etc. Oh, that's good. And keep telling myself my goal is different. But is there anything else I can do beyond it? I have journaled, by the way, I do feel better today, but I don't want to get caught up in it. I think reminding yourself as well, you're at the end products. Like people want to be where you are, but you're like, would you really want to swap places with them? Basically you've already done the fat loss and now you've got to a point where you're at maintenance slash in a slight surplus trying to build muscle. Like you've done the fat loss already. You've been there. You've done that. You don't need to do it again. I think most of those people who are signing up to those diets would want to be where you are now.
0: I also think remembering that Kanchan, for you specifically, especially now, your end goal is physique. You've booked a photo shoot. You want to look fucking banging. Like, your end goal is physique. You're not sorry to sound like a real, This I'm not trying to sound like a judgmental Julie. (laughs) I'm just trying to put Kanchan in in a headspace that's more appropriate for where she is right now. You're not a basic bitch who wants to lose, drop a dress size for your work Christmas party next month. And that is not judgmental on anyone here that is in that category. But Kanchan is not in that headspace. Kanchan's like, I'm trying to build a physique. And in order to build a physique, you cannot spend forever in a fucking fat loss space. You have to spend a targeted amount of time lifting heavy, eating enough and gaining muscle. Um, and that's where you're at. And so, yeah, you should, you should take pride in the fact that you're one of very few who isn't in a fat loss phase in order to get to your work Christmas party next month and keep building those cords girl because you're doing a really good job of it
1: it's interesting like observing I guess your own cognitive biases because we all fall for this right like it's probably an example of like similar to mimetic desire where because someone else wants it you want it like you know for you fat loss isn't the right goal at the moment but because someone else wants fat loss you think you should want fat loss it's much like when someone else wants a fancy car and you're like oh I should be having a fancy car and then it's like do you actually want the fancy car yeah, yeah I no do. it's not my goal like it's not what I really want so I'm glad that you're journaling and that you're reminding yourself if okay this might be someone else's goal or this might be what society deems as successful. And I mean, fat loss often is that or having a fancy car or a big house or something, but what's important to you might not be the same as what's important to society or people in general. Um, So just reminding yourself of that is mega important for everyone. Like we all fall for these, these biases, but not many people actually call themselves out on it. And you'll end up working really hard for something that you don't really want and then getting it and not being happy anyway.
0: Yeah. And on that, on Emma's point there, and what I just said to Kanchan, and I'm sure that there's people here who are like, hey, that's my goal, babe. The same thing applies to you, by the way. If you are here with the goal of I'm absolutely gagging to be a size 12. And that's where I think I'm going to be my most body confident. That's where I'm going to be, you know, my most the happiest in my own skin. And that's your goal. Then you should absolutely not be concerning yourself with, oh, well, that girl on Instagram's got a weight belt. Maybe that's what I should. That's not your goal. That's not why you're here. So the same thing applies to you and exactly ties in perfectly with Emma's point. You're all here for a different reason. You all have a different goal. Don't let yourself get swept away in someone else's just because that's what Instagram is telling you to do, or that's what, you know, I don't know, the new magazine that's out today is telling you to do. Like, stay true to yourself.
1: Okay, Katie, thank you. I wasn't looking for 24-hour fasting. It was the eight-hour uh, eating window I was referring to. Okay. Um, Chan says, yes, happy Diwali is great. Okay, well, happy Diwali to anyone who's celebrating.
0: Upload any nice pictures of pretty, because <laughs> I really like it.
1: Yes. Um, this is the first programme I've done that hasn't had me on 1,200 calories per day, even given my previous busy teacher lifestyle. Oh, um, I feel like this is something I can do long-term. My next goal is to try and get into the gym. Didn't happen this week. I chickened out this morning and I did a home workout. I'm great. You did a home workout. Super frustrated with myself. Just needed to bend. Thanks ladies. Debbie, break down the barrier. Just go into the gym. Even if you go into the gym, use the bathroom and leave. Like go into the changing room, just have a little look around and then leave. It's one step closer and you'll realize it's not as scary as what you think if you're worried about i don't know doing the workouts just go in and and go on the cross trainer because you know how to use that and then go on the chest press machine because they're really easy to use and then cool like you've done two things that day and then you'll get more confident in the gym and the likelihood is if you set your barrier low like that you'll be like yeah i can do this and then once you're in there and you've done that you'll be like oh actually i might try the leg extension and then you're like oh actually maybe i'll go look at the dumbbells a little bit and then you end up doing a bit more than you expected.
0: Oh, actually. Imagine oh, actually.
1: That would be the sound in your head. Me. Oh, actually. If you don't, you go and look at the stone bath.
0: Oh, actually. I like that. <laughs> I'm Ooh. taking that with me. Emma, what's that gym that you love in London?
1: Oh, the one that your brother goes to? Yeah.
0: What's oh. It because I was at uh, dinner with my friends on Friday and my friend George was like, oh, I've got really into training, Chloe. And I was like, oh really, where'd you go? And it was that gym and I, she was like, I love it. And my, my other friend, Charlie was like, oh my God, I love that gym. And I was like, everybody loves this it's gym.
1: It's such a good gym. I need to go to it. I can't remember what it's called now.
0: It's the other side of London to me, but people, everyone I know that's been there is like in love with this gym.
1: Why? I'm getting like a big extension as well. I think it's just like, it's very well set out. The machines are really nice. The lighting's quite good it's not whenever I've been it's not like over busy but it's not dead well, and then, yeah there's like an insidey outsidey bit which is nice because it was summer as well
0: I need to go I'm gonna go check it out
1: yeah you should or maybe we can go before the the meetup.
0: yeah well if we're gonna do a lot well yeah well then we'll go really sweaty and
1: <laughs> yeah we'll get a pump on, obviously <laughs> Right, Claire. I tell my team imperfect action all the time now, and they are so much more productive. Oh, And the transformation program we're running is going so well, Thanks, Chloe. Great. Can um, Chan, I've not booked it yet. Oh, the photo shoot. Better get it booked then. Um, okay, hi, ladies. I've fallen off the gym wagon, and I haven't been for over a month due to illness, then my wedding, then a trip away, followed by a couple of weeks of excuses in the last week I found out I'm pregnant congratulations I'm only five weeks so it's still early but my but I haven't felt great my question is can I pick up my training again as normal or should I ease myself back in after such a long break
0: no you can pick up your training again as normal as long as you know your normal wasn't (laughs) running a marathon in 59 minutes um no you can pick up your training again as normal um just yeah, you listen to your body though as well because that that first trimester is without a shadow of a doubt the most exhausting. Your body is doing a lot of work, um, so yeah, you probably will find that without even trying, your workouts are a lot more. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Calm um, and and less taxing. Also, your respiratory system, you'll find that you get out of breath a lot easier. So you're, I think, naturally they'll be going down a notch without you even trying.
1: you get out of breath easier
0: yeah I would say for really for me from like week 12 yeah from week 12 onwards it was yeah it was hard it was doing a workout I would say I would probably get maybe a few reps into a squat and I would be
1: really blowing I guess yeah okay maybe at 12 weeks because I was just thinking they used to in Russia many years ago so you have Did- more energy in the,
0: in the very, very first week. Yeah, yeah I, I guess know. if
1: you're not feeling sick though, like.
0: But I found out, so I found out I was pregnant when I was, how far along was I? Four weeks, I think I was four weeks along. And I would say that those first few weeks, and I would say all the way up to till I, until I got really sick. So re- maybe week eight, I had so much energy and I was absolutely loving life. I found out I was pregnant at the gym. I did my pregnancy test at the gym and then went and did a workout and was like, how am I going to tell James is in Dubai? Fifth oh, Bali, actually, I think he was. Oh, my God. I think we're literally coming like a full year circle for me finding out I was pregnant. Um, but yeah, so so. Yeah, the first few weeks, you will have more energy. Anyway, Emma, go and pick up what you're saying. Just sorry. I just knew. Where I was you- just going to say
1: um, quite interesting, although quite dark as well, is that um olympians used to in russia used to do something called pregnancy doping which means that they would get pregnant know that they would have basically your body starts to adapt before it's under the stress of carrying and and building a new human growing maybe not building um so your cardiovascular system um your ability to transport oxygen to working muscles like all your endurance capacity basically improves significantly before you have like enough of a actual baby to then mean that your performance actually ends up reducing so yeah. there's kind of window i and i imagine it's definitely first trimester i yeah. don't know the exact weeks in which you peak but anyway that's what some russians would do
0: yeah and like yeah and unless you get really sick of course but you will find from week 12 onwards it your body starts to quite naturally slow down um mm it which it needs to do and to listen to it and we're all different and everybody's body will respond differently to pregnancy so like obviously there is generic advice that applies to to everyone but everybody's pregnancy will will feel different
1: I guess it's hard as well because in the first trimester you normally don't really want to tell anyone but also you're really sick and you don't maybe don't want to do certain things and then but yeah
0: it was savage do you remember we just used to keep saying like oh Chloe's not feeling well and Yeah, I thought I was like fully on the booze wagon, hungover every
1: single time we did. To be fair, when we said everyone was like, Yeah, we knew. Oh, god, yeah, I ran. Remember, your dad was like, Must be because you're hormonal, I know. And then, and then we were like, What
0: classic dad says something really embarrassing and awkward and drops everyone in it.
1: (laughs) Oh, okay, Debbie's just saying, Okay, I will do this. My mantra will be, Oh, actually, (laughs) oh actually Actually. (laughs) right okay alice hey just a quick question i'm doing this three times oh sorry three times legs push pull exercises each week plus a cardio session is this okay to do each week or is it better to change it up with other exercises on the plan no those are your gym workouts you do those every single week they will change at week four okay Cheryl sorry this has been covered but how long do you stay on 1600 calories before seeing any fat loss um I'm 55 kilograms and five foot four thanks Cheryl
0: we it's not so much like how long am I on these calories before I start seeing fat loss it's energy balance so we want to make sure that you're nailing your calories which you're on the right calorie count for you your expenditure, so steps and workouts to an extent, but that's just say for argument's sake, like steps and workouts. And we want to see, we want you to weigh in first thing in the morning, fasted, naked, after the loo, every morning. Um, and if by week two, three, we're not seeing any trends down at all on the scales, you come back to us and you tell us all the stats that I've just mentioned, and we look at if and when we would make a change, which would likely be sometime towards the end of week three.
1: Yeah. Generally, as a rule, like thirty days of consistency before you change anything. Sometimes we'll change a little bit before that, but really being consistent is the most important thing. And on those stats, if you're hitting your steps and you're sticking to those calories consistently, consistently as an average over a week, you will be in a deficit, so you will lose body fat. When that, shows, given that you're very light, this kind of comes back to what we were talking about at the start you're not going to see big jumps on the scale. So make sure you're also taking progress photos and measurements as well, because at 55 kilograms, there isn't that much of you to lose. So you can't expect to see big jumps on the scale. Yeah. Okay. We're up to date on the live. Oh,
0: okay then. Well then let's go back to the pinned post. If I can read. Um. Okay. With, oh. bear with, just bear with i'll get that i'll get that uh, okay here we are leslie Dell. hi both i've got to a i'm comfy with and i can feel complacency is setting in despite wanting to lose a bit more any tips for working through this five foot three five foot three 66 kg for context jim joined this weekend struggling with a calorie range and steps atm worth going back to 1800 as i was really consistent with that question mark Sorry to ramble. I just don't want to waste the next six weeks with my head doing what it usually does. and thinking I'm fixed or cured when there's still so much more to achieve. Um, I would say you need to switch your thinking now. If you're at a weight that you're happy with, but you'd like to lose a little bit more, I would switch your thinking to I'm going to really take care of myself these next few weeks and allow fat loss to happen as a byproduct of that, which it will. And really focus on hitting your non-negotiables if you want to go back up to 1800 because that's where you were consistent i think that's a very good idea if you're floundering a little bit now and then if and then maybe reducing from there um but yeah i just think that you need to change change where your head's at really emma
1: yeah i agree i think focusing on the behaviors and often we put so much pressure on fat loss that we forget that we actually enjoy the behaviors for their sake for how they make you feel like actually eating well exercising getting out for walks does have an immediate reward to it like we always talk about delayed gratification when it comes to fat loss and for sure that takes time but you will immediately feel better when you're eating well when you're exercising well and when you're getting outside and when you're being active that's your immediate reward so I would kind of focus on that like I'm going to do these things because they're good for me because I enjoy them because they make me feel good and fat loss will be a byproduct of that
0: I completely agree. I'm just reading a, the next question from Mubu. First of all, I didn't know that Mubu was still here. So I'm really happy that she is. Old moves. Um, And it's just a really long question. So I'm just thinking maybe I should just reply to it as a text. Okay. No, yeah, sorry. Um, okay. And then there's another one there. Okay. Vicky Keelan. Hi, not a question, just a thank you. On round two and feeling great. I lost one stone, three LBs with what feels like has been quite easy work apart from stressing about my holidays your advice when i have asked for it has been great thank you both so much you are so helpful and inspiring oh
1: oh (laughs) okay okay um
0: okay next one becky mugridge hi emma and chloe just after a bit of advice please i go out for sunday lunch with my family i'm going out for sunday lunch with my family oops (laughs) it's much too late let's do it anyway in theory it's chicken potatoes and vegetables how could it go wrong but i know there'll be lots of hidden calories i'm on gravy gravy's not that bad actually depends how much you put on i guess it it depends how it's made are we talking with the fat (laughs) yeah if we're talking this though you're fine if we're talking like yeah i suppose restaurant gravy um Any tips on how I navigate this so I don't unknowingly consume the majority of my calories in one meal? I was brought up to always clean my plate and never waste food. A bit of a stumbling block that I now need to work on. Any advice greatly appreciated. A huge thank you to you both and all the ECM group for being so positive and supportive. Oh, so it's always a good idea if you have like a big meal out planned that either you bank some calories in the days leading up to it. So that you've got more to play with and you can relax and enjoy yourself or that you come up to maintenance for the day. So as long as you spend more days of the week in your deficit than you do in maintenance, you will slow down your fat loss, but you'll still be in a deficit overall. Um, So coming up to maintenance for the day Um, or that you come away from tracking entirely and you allow yourself to have this one meal before you then get back on it. But that obviously is kind of playing with fire a little bit, Read your fat loss results. Um, I actually personally think that and this answer is going to really annoy you tracking kind of your meals out just comes with experience tracking experience um you know it, it as you said you know your chicken your potatoes your vegetables so get those those things in and then maybe add a tablespoon of a fat such as an oil or a butter um you know or goose fat something like that a tablespoon um, of a fat when tracking for each thing because the potatoes will likely be covered in olive oil or goose fat or butter. Uh, the chicken will have, again, it, it will have been rubbed probably in, in butter, to be honest. Um, there will be fat in the gravy and try your best to track it. Um, but that, that would be kind of both a practical tip and a behavioral tip
1: from me, Emma. Yeah. I didn't have much to add apart from just to reiterate as well, that if say your calorie target is 1600 calories and your total daily energy expenditure so your maintenance needs are two thousand calories anywhere between those two things you are still in a deficit so and um, some people are really put off by like oh i'm meant to be on 1600 but i've ruined it because my average this week is 1750 i'm like you're still in a deficit you've still made progress this week you've still lost fat this week And that, again, comes back to this, like, perfectionist mindset of, oh, I've gone over my calories, I've ruined it. No, you haven't. Like, you're still actually making progress. You ruin it by thinking, I've gone over my calories, I've ruined it, and then overeating. So just, like, be logical about this stuff and and remind yourself that, okay, if if my maintenance needs is this, actually, anywhere under that, I'm still in a deficit, I'll still lose fat, might not be as much as I had anticipated if I'd stuck to my calorie target, but... It certainly doesn't mean I should throw in the towel.
0: Could I have said it better myself? Um, okay, Jenny Moore. I just wanted to share this. The EC method is the gift that keeps on giving. Following on from our chat about my teenage daughter being more body conscious, we decided to join Borrow My Doggy. Oh my God, I love that. <sighs> so we could both get more steps in, in a fun way. What a brilliant conclusion. Like good. I on know. You. That is, I mean, so impressive. And I just couldn't, I couldn't be more impressed, honestly. Um, We had our first meetup yesterday with the lady that contacted us and we met her dog. Turns out her husband died last year and she was trying to find someone locally to help take her dog out for walks because she was struggling to manage on her own. I felt so happy that we could help her while also getting mine and my daughter's steps up. This is such a win for everyone. And it gave me that warm glow when you know you've helped someone else as well. Thank you, Clemmer. Jenny, I love you. And that made me kind of want to cry.
1: I know. Why is that so emotive?
0: Because it's nothing but positive And it, it screams love and care. Yeah. Like, you, your daughter, walking a dog. I miss Bertie so much. It makes me want to cry. Um, you, your daughter, your health, getting your steps up. You ended up helping this woman. I just, oh, I just love it.
1: That's so nice i'm so happy okay let's do another one also great tip for other people if they're like oh yeah it would be great to get my steps up or like i love dogs but i can't have one long term like great tip great tip
0: okay claire priest i am a stress eater and i binge when my anxiety is high this week i have managed to avoid it but i've had to fight not to do it a few times any top tips with this would be amazing any long-term strategies or if you can point me in the direction of any reading or podcast thank you so the good news is i actually don't think this is like it would be a clinic clinically diagnosed binge eating disorder because you have four and not done it a few times because i'm presuming you started the ec method which makes me think that yes, you you kind of, in the conversational kind of colloquial sense, you binge eat when you're stressed and you overeat when you're stressed. Um, it's quite simply that we need to find, first of all, a pattern interrupt, which you've done because you've managed to stop yourself doing it now. But now we need to actually find kind of a different behavior which is gonna serve you well um, when you are feeling anxious and stressed. Um, Emma will recommend journaling and I completely back that up. Uh, and some things that have worked for clients in the past have been things like taking the dog out for a walk, having a long hot bath, um, reading some magazines and painting your nails, doing a facial, do you know what I mean? Reading a book, whatever it is. Um, but we just need to find a behavior that that can replace kind of quote unquote binge eating when you're feeling like that. And that will really come down to you and, and what, What works for you. Emma, what do you think on that?
1: I totally agree. I think the the only thing I would add is that you've done so well, like kind of surfing the urge or or not doing it, that the more you do that, the more confidence in yourself that you will have that you can do that. And then the less stressed you become about because it can become a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy of I feel really stressed. I know I overeat when I'm stressed. And then look, I overeat when I'm stressed. Whereas you've managed to do that a couple of times now where you're like, I really want to binge, I really want to eat because I'm stressed but actually you've not done it, which should start to really give you some confidence and also set realistic expectations. It's probably not that you will never feel like overeating when you're stressed. Like you will still have those feelings from time to time, but you'll get much better at managing them. And then the urges will become much less and that will happen much less frequently, which is kind of the place that we want to get to. Um, but I actually think you're doing a really good job already and as Chloe's saying like it's finding something else that's going to de-stress you rather than yeah rather than kind of like putting a plaster over it like how or even getting to the root cause of the stress like what is stressing you can you work through that so if you're like I'm stressed what we were talking about overwhelm earlier like I'm stressed because Chloe and I have been talking about all these big goals that we've got but I don't know where to start and this feels like there's a million things to do okay write a list and then sort that list out and be like what can I do right now what can wait until next month what needs done next week what do we you know like and then you're like okay this is manageable there's three things I need to do at the moment and the rest of it I can't even action until next week next month next round whatever anyway so here's what I can do and here's what can wait and that really helps as well because if there's a million things going around in your head you're like oh there are all these big things I've got to do often once you write it down and just make that list like applicable to time restraints and what's important and what's not important and what you can delegate and actually what you might just not even want to do everything becomes much less overwhelming and much more doable
0: great advice and um karina has asked a near identical question about stress eating so we will just just go back and listen to that answer because it applies to you too um you said something that i wanted to pick up on there oh yeah this is really interesting actually. And I don't think we actually talk about this enough. And I'm really happy that Emma just said that, like going to the cause of the stress and dealing with it. A lot of the time it's like, I binge eat or I overeat when I'm stressed, you know, what can I do? And we talk about, you know, pattern interrupting and we talk about finding a new thing. I don't actually think often enough we're like, go to the source of the stress and unpick it, like, and be patient with yourself doing it. Cause it might not be that simple, obviously like let's deal with the problem at hand Um, instead of constantly looking for a way to deal with the stress of it why don't we actually unpick the stress so it's no longer stressful so you don't have to deal with the stress of it and I know that's a lot easier said than done like you know obviously having just had a baby (laughs) my whole life (laughs) getting turned upside down I, I know it's a lot easier said than done but even that is a matter of perspective a lot of the time you know, we went for Sunday lunch yesterday and Bodhi was like screaming and we had like a table of friends and it's a tiny pub and it was like, oh my God. But it's like, even just shifting my perspective of being like, ha, 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 I have a newborn. She's a psychopath. <laughs> like de-stress the whole situation. Um, even though, you know, there was nothing I could actually do while she had her complete meltdown. Um, but yeah, I think that's a really good point. Basically. Yeah,
1: something, um, I read a book by Grace Beverly. Do you know who that is?
0: Mm, I've heard it, heard the name, but I don't know who you're talking about now. <laughs> She's
1: like she was probably one of the first like online coaches. And so she used to just sell like PDF workouts, right? But she got in right at the start she made an absolute fortune. And now she runs a company and I can't remember off the top of my head what they're called. Um, but it's like activeware that's that's like sustainably made and is environmentally friendly and anyway she, she's an incredible like entrepreneurial woman and she's only like 25 or something might even be less like it's depressing right oh, it. uh, she did write a book on burnout versus productivity and anyway one one point in fact i'd say this is the main point i kind of got from the book because it was just articulated very well is that she was like you know if you're stressed and you and you feel yeah basically if you're stressed and overwhelmed that you've got too much to do what's more beneficial having a relaxing bath or being like, right, I'm going to crack out an hour of work, because then I'll have less work to do tomorrow, and I'm like, yes, why is nobody saying this, like, oh, you're really stressed from all the work that you've got to do, do you know what, take time off the work that you've got to do and have a bath, sometimes that's useful, right, but I think often what's more useful is being like, right, I'm going to write a really good to-do list, and then I'm going to tick off three things, if I've got an hour, and I'm going to try and tick off three things in that time, you'll feel way less stressed, (laughs) Because now you have less to do. And often we build things up in our heads, like, oh my God, there's so much to do for this event, or there's so much to do for this launch. And actually, when you just start, like if you start something, you realize, okay, like you probably think this. I imagine whenever you start a book, like I can't imagine writing a book. I'm like, there's so much to go into it. But I bet as soon as you start and you kind of write, this chapter will say this, this chapter will say this, this right? This is generally the structure. It seems so much more doable
0: yeah but yeah. beforehand
1: you're like oh, i don't know how i'll ever do this and then it's always in fact you've got to start this and then naturally if you're like okay, i'm gonna give myself one hour to start and write a plan yeah that reduces your stress massively
0: a hundred percent it's one of my favorite pieces of advice that i actually give to my friends a lot as well of <laughs> think of yourself like Tarzan, and once you you once you grab the vine you find the vine and you grab it it's just a process of swinging from there on out you literally swing from from vine to vine from option to option and a lot of people asked me about it when I was we were trying to get pregnant it's like try as hard as you can to stay as pragmatic as possible I
1: thought you were going to say as pregnant as you can
0: try just constantly think of yourself pregnant it will work um try really hard to be as pragmatic as you can for two reasons one getting overly stressed and uh, and upset and emotional about it and again i know this is easier said than done i've been there but not only is that going to make the whole process 10 times more stressful and upsetting it's also not great really when you know this is a hormonal process the more you stress yourself out the more kind of subpar you're going to be at putting yourself in a in a fertile situation um but really trying to grab the vine and, and see yourself as Tarzan swinging from vine to vine, going from option to option. Um, and you will, you know, you know, for a lot of people eventually get to an option that will, will see you get, get to the goal that you're trying to get to. Um, but really just trying, like I say, to go from step to step as calmly and pragmatically as you can, because eventually, you know, en route, you are
1: going to find your, your option. Excellent advice. Right. We'll finish on this. <clears throat> Liz might be a bit late sneaking this question in right at the end but i started hrt 10 days ago and i've put on two kilograms in 10 days i know it's not possible of the hrt it's because i've eaten too much and moved less but is hrt causing this behavior i feel very demotivated tired and lazy even getting in steps feels like the hardest thing i'm determined today to eat on track and go for a walk but just want to know why it's made me feel so low so there could be so many reasons for this, but generally, when your hormones rebalance, or w- which will be starting to rebalance at the moment, sometimes symptoms or like mood, etc., can get lower before it then gets better. So, I would persist with this like, actually, any kind of change in people's hormones, even just think about a normal pre menopause menstrual cycle, it really can impact mood and can impact your cravings and then your food choices and then how much you want to move and your level of motivation. So do like I mean push through it. I know that's again so much easier said than done. It's great that today you're gonna go and get your steps in, you're gonna make sure that you have a good meal and again just focus on today. Don't think too far ahead and set yourself minimum targets. I want to get out for a walk, I want to make sure I have protein with every meal and veg with every meal. And I'm gonna try and do a workout, even if it's 10 minutes long. Like that's my goal for today. And I'll worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. And the good news is is when you start to get momentum with these habits and behaviors then you will start to feel better as well and I am sure that the HRT will kind of like normalize over the next couple of weeks and if it doesn't go back to your GP and speak to them and say you know this is having this effect on my mood is the dosage right the thing is they won't be able to tell after 10 days you need to have done it for a little bit longer but don't be afraid to call them up or speak to them and just double check that everything's right like that's what they're there for for reassurance as well.
0: Yeah, this is super normal. One of my friends went through um, early menopause and she said the worst part of the whole thing was waiting until they got the dosage of her HRT right. Like that was where she really, really, really struggled and, and her husband, her family, everyone around her, but that was the hardest bit. So it is normal that you're actually feeling worse right now. But yeah, it's a process of trial and error and it'll take a few weeks, slash months for everyone to get it right and for your body to kind of settle into it. So keep going. But yes, it is purely behavioral, but that doesn't mean that it's not just as valid, you know?
1: Yeah. And I mean, the other thing is actually the fluctuation in hormones can cause water retention. So, some of that, I mean, if you're saying that you're overeating, it's probably the overeating. But often, you know, with perimenopausal clients, weight will fluctuate more than usual because estrogen is fluctuating more than usual. And even with HRT, if you've just gone on it, that can also cause water retention. So, it might not all be, you know, it might be a combination of, of the both.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um right. Okay. Okay. Okay, See bye guys. guys. <laughs> bye.